It's the Benz Brunani woman is Baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this Baby sit down, sit down, receive this realness Make sure your cup's ready for the tea We are go sipping yo Hard time scrolling for your long shorts You might learn something you never know Collect you find And she's one of a kind Don't say you mind, say you mind Girl, I'm a straw I want you to throw me to anyone who needs a something. Some of you just need to finish these songs because I can only give you so much. I can only start, you know, somewhere and you've got to finish, you know, finish it off, find the rest, you know, basically. Um, Hello, it is me, Kalechi. And now I'd like us all to rise for our national anthem. Just a baby girl in a baby world. Thank you all. You're all so blessed. Bop, bop, bop. Two slaps on your chest. That rhymed. See, I'm an, I'm just a natural lyricist. I need to really indulge in that some more. Anyway, in case you're unsure of what you're listening to, because maybe you've had some short-term amnesia, this is SYM, officially known as Say Your Mind, unofficially known as What What? That's right. Suck your mum. Suck your madre. Suck your mother. All of them things there. I am Kalechi Okafor. And as I said, I'm just a baby girl. And you are all just baby girls, baby boys, and baby non-binaries up in this bitch. Ooh, there's so much to get through today. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to launch right in really. Um, so, so much like, so, so thank you to everyone that said lovely things to me last week when I, uh, the title of the podcast was not in the mood and you sent me all lovely messages and things like that. Um, I can't say I'm in the mood this week either. I just feel like pregnancy hormones are mad, but apart from pregnancy hormones, I just, I'm in a space right now where I'm not, in like I'm not in any of this bullshit I'm just not interested so I'm just like telling people about their clarts left right and center but we'll get into that shortly so as a massive disclaimer there's a lot of cussing out in this episode um and you know you hate to see it you hate to see it but you know you need to do what you need to do in case you're wondering why we haven't had guests on recently I haven't had guests on because after that one with the useless influencer and that black girl dinner, I've just felt a bit uncomfortable. I know that God is blessing me and fine tuning my power of discernment, but it's just much harder now to have guests on the show. There are so many wonderful people that I am thinking of like having on, but I'm just taking my time with it, really feeling it out and using as much of this time as possible um, before this tenant is evicted from my uterus to have as much one-to-one time with you as I can, because who knows um, how soon I'll be back. But knowing me, sometimes I move mad and I could literally be back like two weeks after. But who knows? You know, I want to allow myself that space. And also... Right. I was listening to the read. And if you don't know, I fucking love the read. And it's a major inspiration for why I even decided to start my own podcast. Like these are two black people just living their lives and speaking their truth. And I just think that they are spearheading what we now have in terms of the culture of of podcasting. So anyway, I was listening to the read and they had two guests on um, 
Deval and Kadeen and it was such an awkward episode to listen to. And I just started to think about other guests that I've had that maybe have been a bit awkward on the show to listen to. And guests, guests are a necessary part, I think, of, you know, certain types of podcasts like mine. And, you know, when you're talking about current affairs and all of these things. And I just guess generally. But how are you mispronouncing the name of the hosts of the show that you've been invited on to? It was just really, really weird. And I, and I struggle with the guy's views. He's just such a... Um, cishet male to me A cishet black male to me And he says certain things And I'm just like Mate I think you need to really go And really think that through Yeah It it didn't bang It didn't bang And I know this is their second time on The first time I was like The second time I was like How are you calling them Oh thank um, Kadeen said said something like Oh hey Crystal and Wes I'm like that It was weird It was just weird It wasn't even banterful like she didn't mispronounce or uh, misname them, um, you know, as a joke. She genuinely doesn't even know the, their names or the names that they go by on the show. It was just weird. Um, but yeah, big up to Crystal and Kid Fury. Like you're really out here changing the game and more life to you, man. You inspired me. You inspired Candice, um, who wrote Queenie because she mentioned you in the book as well. And I really think that she needs to be... Um, a black excellence um, one of these weeks because she deserves it. And maybe, you know, I also want to be a black excellence one day. Do you know how mad it would be if I went to listen to the read one day and I just heard, so um, black excellence this week goes out to um, a black British woman. Sorry, I'm about to butcher your name. Kalichi, Kalechi Okafor for, and I don't know what they'd actually be giving me that black excellence for. But I'd lose my shit Like I would lose my absolute shit So yeah Just wanted to share that with you Because I love them And maybe the next time That they're in London Doing a show Maybe they'll just Holler at me Holler at man I mean I've got a picture With Kid Fury It's one of my favourite pictures On my phone But yeah Anyway I digress Let's get into What we need to be talking about This week So let me start With the tarot Before I start with the tarot I just want to say to some of you you are so loved, you are so talented, and you have immense potential. I say this because the cards that came up this week, some of you are feeling really, really down, really down, and it made me feel down for you. And, you know, these cards are always an extension of my energy as well. So I had to look at the ways in which I relate to these cards as well. I say that because all of the tarot cards from the Kaleidodope deck. Uh, by Crystal Banner All of the cards came out in reverse And after the first card came out in reverse I just thought, you know what? Let me check if I've actually got the the, the bulk of the deck The right way up So I checked and it looked to me like it was the right way up And I started shuffling and I pulled the rest of the cards Everything came out in reverse um, That's not necessarily, when I explain it to you That's not necessarily like a bad thing It's just, it's about perspective It's about perspective at the end of the day So the first card to come out um, in reverse is the Ace of Coins. So the Ace of Coins is lovely because it's really about, you know, your your achievements and you're literally being given something by God, by the universe. You're really being given something, an opportunity the way you are first. You are number one. Like you can make this what you want it to be. It's not one of those things where it's just going to happen and that's it. You're going to have to put in work, but you're being given the first, the biggest, the most massive coin in terms of an opportunity and you have to make the most of it what you will. 
And I say this because um, Jessica Winston, who's got House of Hoodoo, I love um, the candles that she makes. She makes these fixed candles and I got a good luck candle recently and you just let it burn um, and you just pray about the, you know, the things that you want around yourself in in your life. And, um, you know, I started thinking about the idea that luck, luck is basically... I've heard it said that luck is when preparation meets opportunity. The opportunity is ready for you. The opportunity is ready for you in terms of the ace of coins. The first coin has been given to you, but it came out upside down like this because you're not willing to see. You're not willing to see that the opportunity is there or you think that you've missed the opportunity. You think the time has passed you by. And I think that that happens for a lot of people, maybe the job you wanted to go for or, you know, and to me, it's feeling more career like, to be honest, but like, yeah, it feels like career. It feels like money. It feels financial to me, but obviously it could um, apply to anything, but it definitely feels like an opportunity that you thought was yours, that you really, really thought you wanted, didn't go the way that you planned and so therefore you believe that that means that oh everything is rubbish then and that everything is dead because the major arcana so all of the rest of the cards are minor arcanas but you pulled a major arcana which is the death card and people are usually scared of the death card um and the death card came out in reverse and the reason it came out in reverse is because it's like fam nothing is dying nothing has died why are you doing all of this grieving when nothing in your life has died nothing um death is a, um, a card that people are scared of and they don't like because it's just like oh my god somebody's gonna die which is rarely ever 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 what it means but it usually speaks to something ending and then something new beginning And I feel like this card is saying that fam, nothing has died. Nothing has ended. You are exactly where you need to be in the trajectory of your destiny. Again, that was a lyric. Kelechi, you baby girl. Anyway, you are exactly where you need to be in the trajectory of your destiny. Nothing that, nothing has passed you by. What is for you in this life? I tell you now, and I speak it over all of your lives. There is nothing in this life that is good for you, that, that is for the, that is God's will over your life that will pass you by. Everything is happening as it should. And every disappointment is merely an opportunity for you to show gratitude for when that thing comes, that's truly, truly yours. Like that is what you, we all need to remember like even even when I look at the next card right which is the four of one so the four of one speaks to me about foundation about a good life like again it came out in reverse because you're unwilling to see you're unwilling to see that the foundation is there for your glory. The foundation is there for your blessings. Nothing has shifted place. Nothing has moved whatsoever. Everything is happening as it should. And one of my favorite poems um, is the Desiderata by Max Ehrman. And I'm just going to pull it up because there's the most important part of um, the uh, Desiderata to me is when he talks about remembering that you're no less than the trees and the stars and whether you understand it or not, everything is happening as it should. If I can even find it. Um, But yeah, I'll keep looking for it. But anyway, to me, that's what the... um, that's what the four of swords is saying. And the fact that it came out in reverse is that you just, you don't want to see, you don't want to see that actually everything is as it should be. Nothing has died. The opportunity that you thought was yours this time, that wasn't yours. Nothing that is yours can be snatched away from you. Nothing, nothing can be snatched away from you. And sometimes things, there are delays, but it's like I said, a couple of um, episodes ago, something might not happen 
when you want it to, but it will always happen on time all the time. And so then the next card that we got um, is the swords. So we didn't get any cup because it feels like we didn't get any cups in this uh, card pool because it feels like a lot of these things are psychological and they're happening a lot in the physical realm. So there's nothing that we're talking about in the spiritual and the emotional um, aspects of your life. Everything is about career. Everything is outward and you're being invited to go a bit more inwards. So anyway, the next card is the nine of swords. So you pull the nine of swords in reverse and the nine of swords is usually about you know grief and 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 feeling really really sorry for yourself and being absolutely heartbroken and I really feel like the it's God's way of saying to all of us it's the spirit's uh, way of saying to all of us like stop being a brat like that's the best way that it's come to me to put it stop being a brat yeah how different would you would your life be if you just took a second, like take a second right now and actually deep it, deep the ting, deep the facts, yeah? You are so supremely loved by the creator of everything that you see around you. Like the creator made the trees and made these beautiful oceans and then made you, made this incredibly beautiful galaxy with all of its stars and everything and then made you. You are no less than the wonder that you see around you every day. So if something hasn't gone your way, it's because it was your way, not God's way. So just calm the fuck down and stop operating from a place of scarcity. There is so much abundance that has been bestowed within you and around you. Like let it just come at the time that it needs to come Like stop beating yourself up You you didn't fuck up You weren't to blame for it Not going the way that it needed to go Sometimes people are placed In specific places To receive the blessings that are theirs Yeah And a blessing that might look Very, very similar To the one that you wanted for you It's not yours It's not yours God, like God is a baker And we are dough And he uses his cookie cutters of blessings to cut the things according to us. He cuts our blessings according to us, right? And so just know that even if a, um, a gingerbread of blessing, I only said that because Brent put gingerbread, ginger biscuits here. Even if you see a gingerbread of blessing that looks very, very similar to what you've asked God for, understand that God would not air you like that. God would not take the piss out of you like that and be like, oh, I know you wanted it, but I'm just going to go and give it over to this person over here. It wasn't yours. It wasn't yours. So stop being a brat. Stop dwelling on it. Turn everything. Turn that frown upside down yeah literally turn your frown upside down and understand that your what what is yours will never pass you by you are supremely blessed you are supremely loved by the creator that made us all right so for that reason the things that are meant for you will find you in time but remember that luck is about preparation meeting opportunity stay prepared Stay ready, like Will Smith said. Stay ready so you never have to get ready. Me, personally, as you see me so, as you see me so, as you see me so, I'm prepared for Oprah to ding down my phone. Once Oprah hits that 794 ending number and she's like, hey, hi, hello, is this Kalechi? I'm ready. I'm ready with all of the things them. Same with Viola Davis. When Viola Davis is like, wild seed, we're ready to go with the ting. Um, we're, we're ready for you to do your audition. I, I've been practicing. I've been reading that book back to back. 
Yeah, because it's about preparing for when that opportunity comes Because you only have yourself to blame when that opportunity comes This opportunity that you've been asking for, asking for, asking for And then when it's time, you're not even ready Stay ready so you never have to get ready And that's all part of finding patience Finding patience and understanding you've got a firm foundation For all of these things to find you Nothing has died in this time, nothing And what whatever might seem dead to you God has breathed. Um, God is breathing life into it. So stop being devastated. Stop being um, like upset. Know that you are loved, and give yourself a massive hug from me. I don't usually like touching people, but I'm on this occasion. I'm extending a hug to you all. So feel free to hug me. In that sense, um, and then the card that I pulled from the Say Your Mind Affirmation card deck. Is another interesting one because it goes further to reiterate this message that I make decisions with a mindset of abundance. When we make choices knowing that we are blessed and that we will never lack financially or spiritually. Pull up. Let me just tell you that again. It says, when we make choices knowing that we are blessed and that we will never lack financially or spiritually, we attract more of the things that make us happy. You man will never lack spiritually or financially You will never As long as you know You stay being the baby boys and baby girls And baby non-binaries that you are You will never ever 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 lack in this life Understand that you are abundantly blessed And anytime that you feel like Oh I don't have enough Reframe that Reframe that and check the things that you have an abundance of and, And use those things Because you know It's about improvisation This life is about improvisation, right? And start improvising You're never in a place of scarcity You're always in a place of abundance Just find where that abundance is And you'll be totally fine Then from the um, Marcella Kroll deck I pulled two cards actually fell out today for you From the Marcella Kroll deck It was um, number 47, which is lucky And number uh, 47, lucky, she says You've got the Midas touch. Everything you turn a touch turns to gold at this time. Enjoy this winning streak you are on. Meditate on this when you need an extra boost of being in the right place at the right time kind of energy. What did I tell you? Right place, right time. Opportunity meeting preparation. Yeah, you you might not see it. But everything is happening as it should Your blessings are already here It's just about the time Like if you went to go and see a play It would just be mad If all of the characters that were going to be in a play yeah, They just all appeared all at once And just started busting out their lines all at once Like no one was pausing for anyone Everyone was just going You wouldn't understand what the fuck was happening in the play And sometimes this is what we do in our own lives We want all of the characters that are going to be in our lives All of the blessings that are going to be in our lives To just come out all at once And they start reading off the thing But the thing is it will not make sense None of it will make sense Everything comes at the time that it should Shakespeare done told us Although I feel like I do see where people are coming from from about his plagiarism But I'm not going to go into that Anyway Shakespeare told us That all the world Is a stage And all men Are merely players Play your part homie Play your part homie And understand the time That you need to come on the stage And have your You know Your time in the limelight But remember that We're running to a divine script Wow Kalechi You are such a baby girl That even hit me Woo Self drag Anyway The next card is number 49 Which is soulmates And number 49, Soulmate says, a significant partnership, soul connection, and the meeting of kindred spirits 
Drawing this card means you have met a soul connect connected relationship. While this can indicate a romantic connection, it can also signify any relationship meant to work together on a soul level. This partnership is special. Learn from each other, be good to each other, and be in gratitude for the connection. Even our perceived adversaries are profound soulmate connections. You can always draw another card for clarity around the purpose of your connection. Meditate on this symbol when you want to connect on a deeper soul level with friends, family, or companions. Can also be used to call in a soulmate relationship. Um, and the symbol is called the Anamkara, which is Anamkara is an old Gaelic term for soul friend. So it's like two hearts, one's upside down and then the other one's um, upright. That's the shape that they're overlaid on top of each other. So... I think that that's important because I was talking to um, my friend Diana from, we went to Brit school together, Diana Yekini. She's a brilliant, brilliant actress. Um, I was speaking with her the other day. We went to go and see two plays in like a week together. Um, and I'll talk about those shortly. And we were talking about the fact that sometimes God keeps you in a specific spot because he knows that you need to learn how to be humble. God knows my heart. And God knows I will stunt on a bitch until I get that behavior in order, until I get myself right. You know, and this one I'm always saying, oh, create in me a new heart and renew thy spirit within me. Until I get that behavior right, God will be like, you're going to stay there. You're going to stay there until you learn manners, until you learn behavior, because I will not take you to great places. I will not take you to higher heights only for you now to go and misbehave and disgrace my name. You need to pattern up. Pattern up, Kelechi. Pattern up, Diana. And then we will now start travailing and we'll start heading up onto the highest peak of your success. Until then, when you learn behavior and you're and you're gonna keep working your way up this mountain with all of this dodgy terrain until you learn that behavior. So that's pretty much it for the tarot cards this week. Remember to hug yourself, remember to just give yourself a bit of space, man. Give yourself a bit of space. Like the things that are yours, like I said, will never ever pass you by. So look at the things that are around you right now that you've been blessed with and go from there. So the Desiderata of, um, uh, of Happiness by Max Ehrman goes like this. Go placidly amid the noise and the haste and remember that where... Um, and remember what peace there may be in silence As far as possible, without surrender Be on good terms with all persons Speak your truth quietly and clearly And listen to others Even to the dull and ignorant They too have their story Avoid loud and aggressive persons They are vexations to the spirit If you compare yourself with others You may become vain and bitter for always, there will be greater and lesser persons than yourself. Enjoy your achievements as well as your plans. Keep interested in your own career, however humble. It is a real possession in the changing fortunes of time. Exercise caution in your business affairs, for the world is full of trickery. But let this not blind you to what virtue there is. Many persons strive for high ideals and everywhere life is full of heroism. Be yourself, especially do not feign affection, neither be cynical about love. For in the face of all aridity and disenchantment, it is as perennial as the grass. Take kindly the counsel of the years, gracefully surrendering the things of youth. Nurture strength of spirit to shield you in sudden misfortune, but do not distress yourself with dark imaginings. Many fears are born of fatigue and loneliness. Beyond a wholesome discipline, be gentle with your 
yourself. You are a child of the universe, no less than the trees and the stars. You have a right to be here and whether or not it is clear to you, no doubt the universe is unfolding as it should. Therefore, be at peace with God, whatever you conceive him to be. And whatever your labors and aspirations in the noisy confusion of life, keep peace with your soul. With all its sham, drudgery and broken dreams, it is still a beautiful world. Be cheerful, strive to be happy. Max is a baby boy because, you know, I, please let Max not turn out to be a racist, please. But anyway, that is... Every, every stanza in that is a motherfucking truth, yeah? So you all need to get involved. That, I always go back to the desiderata of happiness, most especially because it says you are a child of the universe, no less than the trees and the stars. You are no less than the stars above you. You are no less than the sun and the moon. You need to understand that. And you have a right to be here. No matter what pussy clout tries to make you feel like you do not deserve to be in this life or be where you are, you have a right to be on this planet and you have a right to do the things that you are doing. And whether it is clear to you or not, because we've seen that in the tarot card today, it's not clear to a lot of you. Whether it's clear to you, no doubt the universe is unfolding as it should. Man wouldn't have created, not literally man, but I mean God as, you know, home, homie, our homie up there, would not have created all of this beauty around you and then fuck up on your destiny. That's a mad thing. That doesn't even make any sense. Yeah. Everything's unfolding as it should, even though things look wild right now with the government and everything else. And Theresa May doing blah, 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 and crying because she has to resign. <laughs> anyway, yeah, even though everything looks wild right now, I, I trust that all things will work out for the good of those that believe. So yeah, anyway, that is the tarot bit for this week. Um, I'm really loving it. I feel like I'm really finding my zhuzh, finding my zone with the tarot. Maybe I'll just do a tarot only podcast. Maybe. Who knows? Um, but if you want more help with tarot, um, remember that the baby girl of baby girls is Leona Nicole Black. Leona Nicole Black. That's Nicole spelt with an N-I-C-H-O-L-E. Leona Nicole Black is the one to holler at. You know, let's give her our funds. She is just wonderful, wonderful, wonderful woman. And that's who can get you up to speed with understanding more about the tarot and things like that. And she does incredible readings. And I really, really think that she's just a brilliant woman. Anyway, moving on, let's get to share your magnificence then. So share your magnificence this week. First goes out to Bim Adewumi. Bim Adewumi is a journalist and um, a playwright. You know, she's she's a baby girl, beautiful, beautiful baby girl, who's just, um, her show is now on called Horde at the Arcola Theatre. Diana and I went to go and see the, uh, the see it at the press night. And it's directed by Femi. Why can't I remember Femi's last name? I'm such a waste man. Anyway, Big up Bim because black girls are really out here being magical, doing the thing. Um, Horde, really, really great to see. Um, I'd recommend it. It's basically three um, Nigerian sisters one evening. Um, they are having a dinner party with um, one of the sisters, uh, you know, new love interests. And their mum basically crashes the party And they end up having this whole discussion with her about how she has hoarded, you know, things Things you know that that I don't know if it's a diaspora thing, but you know how parents just love to keep shit that you feel like they don't need. But it's it's the emotional, um, it's how that 
is tasking on the sisters emotionally and how it's shaped their life. But um, really, really interesting play. Definitely, if you have time and you can get to the Arcola Theatre in Dalston, book your ticket and go see it. Um, so yeah, that's Horde. And then um, Diana and I went to see um, Sherelle, my baby girl, Sherelle Skeet, um, who's one of the founders of Blacktress UK. Um, she is in a play at the moment called King Headley by August, Wilt- uh, by August Wilson. Um, I will just say that Sherelle is a brilliant actress. Her, her accent was on point. Um, the emotive journey that she took us on as the character that she plays in that, I think she plays, I don't want to call her Tonya. Tonya, she plays in that. Um, the, 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 the journey that she takes us on as an actress in that play is phenomenal. She is a brilliant actress. Notice that I'm not going into the play itself but she is a brilliant brilliant actress it's also starring Lenny Henry um and um Martina Laird and I've forgotten the name of the um actor who plays um actually plays uh King Headley actually plays that role um but yeah it's Sherelle was wonderful Sherelle was absolutely wonderful to watch is what I'll say it's on. So um, King Headley II is on at Stratford East Theatre. It's on there. Theatre Royal Stratford East is on there. Now, what I will say is that that I also attended as a press night. So I went to two press nights in one week, even though like we've, we are aware I should actually be resting. So I went to two press nights in one week. The first press night that Diana and I went to, great, great. After we finished, there were like little nibbles for us to have. It was hot as fuck where we were, um, you know, watching the play, but I'm, I'm, I persevered. It was fine. But yeah, they had little nibbles for us. They had drinks for us. It was cute and it was great to catch up with everyone and have a nice chat. Um, then the second press night that I went to at Stratford really pissed me off because first of all, I'll be getting emails about, could you post this for us on your social media page? First of all, pay me. Pay me. What do you mean post this on my page for you to promote your... What am I getting out of that exactly? So I should just be giving you my platform any... How am I mad? Am I am I mad? So I didn't post anything because my spirit was like, no, don't. So then I go to the press night now. It takes ages to get my tickets. The ushers want me to be walking up and down, stressing out my pelvic floor to, to figure out where my tickets are. Anyway, Diana goes and finds our tickets and, and brings them up. We go to sit down and... If I tell you how cramped these seats are, absolutely mad, absolutely mad. There was no leg room whatsoever, but that's okay. A structural thing with the uh, with the building, fine, fine, fine. Anyway, I go to find one of the um, PR people or one of the organizers um, and say to them, "Look, I can't." You know, after this was after the intermission. It was one hour forty minutes. Um, was the first act. So at the intermission, I went to go and find one of them and be like, "Look, I need to move seats." And then I walked into this room and it was very, very separate and it had wine out and, you know, water and little bits out. And I thought, okay, well, you've invited me for the press night. So surely I have access to these things. But meanwhile, I was still asking about finding a new seat and they were like, oh, you need to go downstairs and speak to them and see if they can sort it. So I'm like, all right, cool. And then I said, okay, well, I'll just grab a bottle of water. This motherfucker, she hesitated. She hesitated before being like, oh yeah, okay. Well, I can't grab a bottle of water after I'm here because you've invited me. Cool. That was the, that was the second strike. 
Third strike now The play finishes And we go outside And I see that they've set out Like a platter Different platters of food In this little alcove And then there are like Three white people Standing in front of that alcove Making sure that certain people Couldn't come in And then I got vexed Because then I just thought Why invite people to a press night You want them to talk about this play And you want them to give it As much promo as possible But you're guarding Who can and cannot come in To have access to these you know to food and drink because obviously i saw that there were some people that had maybe lanyards so that you've had you've got tears for who can have what and then i get an email the next day oh hey it'll be great if you post about the thing and talk about it no no i'm not doing that i'm not doing that because are you mad the sustenance that I should have um, been provided with The food and drink Did I get it? You know who should post about all of the the event? The people that you gave food and drink to Because they have the energy to They have the calories to you Because they ingested it at your event I did not So I'm not posting about anything So this is just a note to anybody If you're inviting anyone to any fucking press night Or any preview or screening Give them things And give them things in abundance And stop wasting their fucking time Anyway I know that it's Shea Magnificence, but I really needed to get that off my chest. So anyway, Bim Adewumi, two slaps on your chest. Shirelle Skeet, two slaps on your chest. You are absolutely amazing, both of you. Um, and then I wanted to pick up Crystal. Crystal is a baby girl. Crystal um, helps me with some bits regarding stuff that I'm doing. And she booked me a pregnancy massage the other day. And this is just out to everybody, everybody who sent me kind words um, over over the years, but, you know, especially recently with the, um, you know, the pregnancy and everything. Thank you for all of your lovely words. But thank you, Crystal, for booking me a pregnancy massage with Mother's Inc. I went and I had a beautiful, beautiful time. I think I was snoring. I had Ehi, um, who was my masseuse um, or therapist. She's, um, I think she's Ibo, beautiful woman. I felt so comfortable. The room was lovely. It's just on Forest Hill Road, I think it is, where I had the massage. It was, it was wonderful. Before that, I'd booked a massage for myself um, with a lady called Pauline Blackwood, I think. She's on Treat Well. That also was a really, really nice experience as well. Like these, these black women are just great um, at, what they do And you know I specifically wanted Black women to touch my body um, But yeah I had a great time So thank you Crystal uh, So that didn't end there I also went to See the screening of Ma You know the one With Octavia Spencer So I saw that Yeah the Well yesterday It would have been But by the time You listen to this So the other day I went to go and see The screening Big up Octavia Spencer Because you know I'm all for black women Doing bits Doing Doing bits And doing bobs I will say That I will Never lie to you guys I Give that A strong 6 out of 10 6 out of 10 Is what I give that movie 6 out of 10 Because If I were Executive producer Of a movie That I'm Allegedly the lead Actress in Certain things Would have been different like the whole premise of it is that she goes on this killing spree or wants to go on like this whole killing spree because of how she was treated by um when how she was treated when she was in high school and basically it's the children of the people that were in her high school like that's not a spoiler like that's that's, that's legit what you're going to see straight away but um I, I'm sorry I just it, I struggled I struggled It was funny in bits But I really really struggled I don't think that There was enough time To really 
the time wasn't used effectively enough to break down what exactly we were seeing. I wasn't sure if they were aware that she as a protagonist was a black woman. I don't know if the way that she was treated when she was in high school was because she was the only black girl in um, that high school, or maybe she was the only black girl in that class. Because what they did to her, sorry, what they did to her was was horrible. When you watch it, you'll know what I mean. It was absolutely disgusting. It was horrible. But None of it was really explained And the reason I I struggled with the fact That they didn't really address her race Is because, you know, there's this white girl in it um, One of the characters that keeps calling her girl Hey girl, hey bitch Um, And I just thought That is so reminiscent of um, white girls now That see black women Especially I've got um, a few lecturers and professor friends Who are like, you know, I'll give a lecture I'll do this I'll, um, I'll, I'll be speaking to these students And... One of them will come out to me afterwards and go, hey girl. And I'm like, what do you mean? Hey girl, I'm not your age mate. Even if I'm your age mate, like I'm not your brethren, what are you doing? It's because, and if we look at historically, black men and women being called girl and boy by the slave masters. It's just interesting to me that we, that, that wasn't explored enough. And, and it just felt very uncomfortable for me, basically. And also this very same girl that I'm talking about that says, hey girl, and you need a man and all of this bullshit. She never washes her hands. She goes to the toilet twice. If you go and watch this film, yeah, please note note and support me in the fact that this girl goes to the toilet twice in the movie, twice on separate occasions, and she does not wash her hands once. Not once. And that stuck out to me more than anything in the film, and that's the problem. But um, then when I'm all there thinking, okay, maybe it's coincidental that, you know, the protagonist is a black woman when she's like now abusing the children and she go at one point she says something like oh there can only be one of us which um she says to the black boy in in it and i just think okay so you are aware that you're black but we we didn't talk about this earlier and also like why are you re- seeking revenge now like what was the trigger what was the, what was the like what's the super narrative like what what was the trigger to make you suddenly decide that 15 or 16 years later you're now suddenly going to kill these people what was it none of that is actually clear so i feel like 6 out of 10 is generous and it might seem really odd that i'm still mentioning it in share your magnificence but i feel like it is a magnificence and we should be able to critique these things while still saying you know what octavia spencer big up yourself for even you know for making that film and doing what you're doing um i just felt like more work was needed um so that's that and now i've got a poem for you i've got a poem from a baby girl so this poem is from um I don't know. Does she want me to say her name? Just, oh, I'm just seeing if, is this the right one? No, that's not the one. I'm looking for the one about, there, here we go. Courtney, this is from Courtney. It says, congratulations and a poem. Dear Kelechi, congratulations on your pregnancy. I have listened to your podcast for a long time now. um, After I first saw you on the grapevine. You inspire me so much to be true to myself and have assisted me in finding the confidence to finally start performing my spoken word poetry. Much of my work focuses on racism, sexism, and colonialism. I'm from Edinburgh, which is so incredibly white, it's hard to find my voice sometimes, but you've helped me to foster my integrity and have pride in who I am. I know you must be busy, but I thought you'd maybe like to read one of my poems. It's called Tears of a White Woman. 
It discusses how white women weaponize tears against women of color, black women in particular, and label us as aggressive, etc. I've heard you speak about this topic many times and I feel the same frustrations. Here we go. Tears of a white woman. I'm really sorry, Courtney, if I don't read it the way that you guys do spoken word, but I'll try my best. Anyway, here we go. Tears of a white woman. Sometimes I feel she cries more than I sleep. I'm trying to tell you how I feel about the threat of tears become so real. It's a weapon. White supremacy's biggest mass deception. A tool of silence and oppression. A threat we have to live with every day. That no matter what I say, your waterworks may twerk my way. And no matter what the issue, I'll be asked to grant the tissue and be respectful. Never mind your progressive bullshit. I'll be asked to retract my statement and be labeled as aggressive. And as you try to redirect it, well, my bones become affected. And I remember your collective rules, this world. The real war on terror is the weaponized emotion in your word, your power to silence in the most romantic form of violence known to man, the power of emotion. As tears of sword fall to the ocean, they turn the waters from blue to white. My tears never quite reach the mark. They are fire, but no one sees the spark. Unlike yours, without even an explanation, your words are taken as verbatim. Rest assured and know no matter how unkind your words take higher place than mine. Delicate features are so fine, but within your mouth lies bloodied teeth. Your words are cut. But hide the knife Hung without the noose Old age forgot its youth Death without the life And lies without the truth They are battle without the war A pimp without the whore Your words are white without the colour They are norm without the other Pregnancy without the birth They are both the blessing and the curse They are white without supremacy and everlasting legacy, colonial without dependency, holy without God. She cried rape and it was done. Black man hung, cut out his tongue, for how dare he even dream of flesh so pure. Emmett Till called her baby. She called daddy. He made sure that Emmett could utter words no more. His mother identified his body and from that, Can there ever be recovery? A mother's grief lost her boy, aged just 14. They gouged out his eyes, but he's not the one who cried. When he stepped over color lines, the white woman did. She pours tears from her eyes and blood from her hands as she knows she did demand. Oh no, I'm scared. He called me baby. Well, maybe my man will save me. And his killers were acquitted. Justified and rest omitted An unremitting stain on skin so pure And it was an all-white jewellery So can you imagine their pure fury At being asked to question these men's guilt A nigger still a nigger after he's killed And though not the exact same today The parallels come out to play White woman silences with words She doesn't even have to say A weapon so destructive You don't need no cash to buy Just wrong a white woman And watch a tear fall from her eye 
A mere tissue cannot dry the flood of tears. I have had to cry to wash away the dirt inflicted by skin so pure. Sometimes I wish for death, wish to inhale my last breath. But is a slave still a slave after she's died? Will no one remember the tears she's cried? Wow. Wow. Those were bars. And I'm really sorry if I've absolutely destroyed the way, the rhythm that you would have read that in. But that was a lot. And I love it. I love it because the tears of white women are extremely violent extremely violent and we are all in danger when they start to fall because at that point nobody cares about logic no one cares about reasoning no one cares about humanity except for the humanity of the white woman crying and that's it everything goes to shit so please as I'm always saying white women if you listen to this podcast whenever you feel that urge to cry or you see one of your brethren's crying tell them to suck it up suck it up because it's not the time try to deal with everything with 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 certain levels of maturity please um and to get access to more poems by Courtney, especially this one, so you can read it for yourself. Um, I'll post a link to her website in the captions. Her Instagram is Ama Poetica. So A-M-A-P-O-E-T-I-C-A. Ama Poetica. Um, let's support her. That was a magnificent poem. She's a magnificent poet. And yes, I think that that's it's just beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Um Sending you two slaps on your chest, Courtney. That was absolutely phenomenal. So that's that for um, Share Your Magnificence this week. And I'm going to dive into then um, So You Mad. So You Mad this week, um, I mentioned an email that was sent about the misspelling of a name. So actually the misspelling of the name wasn't actually my name. So a lot of people thought it was like me talking about me. It was actually the misspelling of my partner's name. And this woman kept responding to his email and spelling his name like five different ways. So I responded on his behalf and I was just like, can you just be aware of this spelling that you're doing right now? It's actually mad. And then she responded with the following. She said, sincerest apologies for the misspelling of your name. It was not intentional, but a result of responding to email from a very small phone with chubby fingers. As such, I cannot promise it won't happen again. So apologies in advance for the obvious upset this has caused you. Again, leading on from Share Your Magnificence where we just talked about white women's tears. This is how white women become passive aggressive. And she's tried to cry before when she's been pulled up on her incompetence. And she's doing it again. I'm t- Calm down, Godzilla. Calm down, the big foolish giant. Calm down, the 50-foot woman, attack of the 50-foot woman, Amazon princess, Ra. You're so big and this phone is so small Why don't you get a bigger phone? Let's start there Your chubby fingers And this self-deprecating Oh oh no, it's my chubby fingers I hope your chubby fingers get stuck in your vagina The next time that you try to masturbate You dickhead What do you mean? It's so easy to copy and paste In this day and age I don't understand how anyone's coming out with excuses of Oh, I'm I'm sorry I spelled your name wrong It's just because the moon wasn't really shining on the right side So I couldn't see what I was meant to be doing No, no, no Copy and paste the name It's so simple You're using a phone Copy Keep your finger on it Slide it across Click copy Click paste And start your new email To say I can't promise it won't happen again Is basically you saying I'm going to do what I want And I'll do it again And I've apologised already So no one can tell me anything It's just violent And it's so ignorant 
Someone now tweeted at me and, were like, and was like, well, if someone's called Sarah Johnson and it's S-A-R-A, but someone spells it S-A-R-A-H, should they just not pay their, when the landlord wants the money um, and it's the landlord that's misspelling the, um, their name, should they just not pay their rent because he misspelled the name? Yeah, bitch. Yeah, do that. Because I don't understand how you're trying to trivialize what I just said when actually I would actually say, don't pay the rent because suddenly I'm sure the landlord will suddenly spell your name right because actually he has a contractual agreement for the rent to be paid by S-A-R-A Not S-A-R-A-H So actually it's in his best interest To spell the name right Otherwise he's not getting the money Because he's addressing the wrong person So some of you come up with these points And you think that you're really doing some hot takes Really making some big, big points And you're not You just sound fucking stupid Shut up You don't know what you're talking about You're dumb um, But yeah, I remember seeing that And just thinking Sometimes people think Sally in HR When I come up with um episodes for her Or these mini-sodes for her These skits as they were That you know, wow, they're so absurd But no, actually The 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 things that I see that are more absurd Are the things that I see in day-to-day life Like an email like this About your chubby fingers What the fuck does your chubby fingers have to do with me? You managed to spell everything else And the rest of the email correctly And you couldn't spell the name correctly That's why you're being pulled up on it Sort it out Don't be talking about I can't promise it won't happen again Let it happen again Let it happen again And I'll tell you the exact temperature Of the hellfire That's going to consume you You dumb prick it's so weird. It's really, really weird. Weird behavior. Anyway, moving on from that, that was just, you know, one of the sidebar things. Yomi Adegoke and Elizabeth Uvi Binene um, have um, been dealing with some nonsensical behavior by BBC Sport. Obviously, if you do not, well, if you do not know, Yomi and Elizabeth are the authors of Slaying Your Lane. I've mentioned them on this podcast before. Baby girls, absolute baby girls, doing big things, wonderful, wonderful women. So the title of their book is Slaying Your Lane. They have trademarked this um, term, Slaying Your Lane. They've trademarked it. How is it then that the BBC sports people have a massive billboard that also says slay in your lane and it's a black woman that we see primarily running? Now, um, they were pulled up on this and then they decided to call Yomi and Elizabeth bullies for for saying, hey, um, that's actually, um, you're, you're actually impeding on our, on our rights. You're actually impeding on our intellectual property. no. Your bullies And then the guy went and deleted the tweet Because he's a fucking idiot But anyway I'll just read you what Yomi has put here So I'm just going to bring up her article Because it's best coming from Yomi It says The BBC ripped off my slaying your lane slogan Now I'm being attacked The phrase which my co-author and I Trademarked in 2018 Is the title of our book About uplifting black women When I called out an all-white team At the BBC for using it on a billboard I was shocked at the reaction In 2015 My best friend Elizabeth Uvi Binene Uvia Binene Um sent me a picture of Solange Knowles at Paris Fashion Week, basking in the pre-release glow of a seminal album and coming into her own after years under the moniker Beyonce's little sister. She captioned it, Slaying Your Lane. I rang Elizabeth to say this would be the name of our book we were going to write, A Guide to Life Aimed at Black British Women, featuring advice from trailblazing interviewees. We hadn't come across the phrase elsewhere and thought it was so clever. So in 2018, we trademarked it. The BBC thought it was clever too. Last week, our readers began to notify us of billboards they had been see- they had seen emblazoned with the slogan. Most who contacted contacted us assumed since it was used in a bold font like the one on the cover of our book 
and was fronted by Dina Asher Smith, um, a successful black British sprinter that we were that there was some affiliation or that we were at least aware of the BBC's use of the slogan for its campaign. We weren't and immediately made contact with the BBC. We received no response for four days. Frustrated by the wall of silence, I tweeted about it. What happened next may as well have been ripped from a page of the book whose title the BBC seemed so keen to rip off. Almost immediately, I was branded a bully by one of the creative um, directors who's actually called James Cross. He's a dickhead because that's actually, how how do you do that? You've ripped off someone's work and then you're calling them bullies for addressing the fact like you as a white man, you're taking their work, you're taking their, their property and using it to promote what you're doing and then you're calling them bullies. And this is what I'm saying about gaslighting. The gaslighting, that happens in this country is absolutely mad that people make you feel mad for standing up for the things that that that, that are rightfully yours um he has since deleted the tweet there were scores of men like him in my mentions though uh, more angry at me than the breach they said the tone of my response wasn't right the fonts weren't actually that similar it was an honest mistake and i needed to calm down oh see because white women um, white men will come and defend white men oh you're making a big deal out of it like just it, just get over it because that's what we should always do just get over it and let people have our things all of the time no you can't have it you can't um the most persistent form of derailment was color blindness. The advert was devised by the corporation's in-house media agency and led by an all-white creative team of directors. And this is why we keep saying to you, man, just hire some fucking, hire the talent, hire more diverse talent. And actually, when you've hired them, now include them in conversations and actually listen to them. Because I'm sure at least six of them would have told you, hey, 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 maybe you shouldn't do this, but you won't hire them. You believe that you know best and you'll just keep stealing and stealing because it's Inherently in your blood To just steal things So you should just sit down Sometimes and think Oh I think this person's amazing I'm going to big them up Consider Whether you're bigging them up Or whether you're stealing from them Just consider So um, Yeah it's fronted by An all white creative team And she says here Um White men and women co-opting a phrase trademarked by two black women for a campaign, then fronting it with a black woman to feign some form of affiliation is shocking. But this behavior is historic and often intentional. Aggressive erasure peddled as inclusion. Woo, Yomi, you said all of the things. Yes. Followed by the silencing of our dissent. We are expected to be grateful for plagiarism masquerading as a nod. The truth is that a trademark does not protect you from the arrogance of large corporations and advertising executives bereft of original thought. The BBC claims it sought legal advice and was told the use of the headline was sufficiently far removed from the goods and services covered by the trademark registration in place. And this is where I need to pause. So you already knew that you were stealing. You already knew that you were stealing. Somebody had been hip to the fact that you might just be treading on other people's toes and then you went and checked with your lawyers to make sure that you could go and really stomp and grind on those toes and then you went forward to go and do what you're doing and this is why corporations like this are absolutely disgusting and yes I've worked with factions of the BBC that doesn't mean I'm now going to close my mouth and be like yeah that's okay it's not okay you can't do that to people you can't do that to black women that's disgusting but for the fact that lawyers had been involved means that you you knew that what you were doing was wrong but, but you wanted to be wrong and strong with the backing of this entire corporation behind you and this legal team it's mad and I'm so sorry Yomi and Elizabeth that this happened and I hope that something can be done about it because they were so nonchalant about the fact that well the the campaign that particular campaign was going to end today anyway and we'd always plan for it to almost as if well we've used it now you can't do anything it's over now bye 
It's nasty. It's nasty, nasty behavior. It's absolutely disgusting. What would it have taken for you to just involve the girls in in the project in the first place? Oh, because you don't want to give black women money. That's probably why. Yeah, of course. That sounds about right. Sounds about white. Yeah, yeah. That's 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 it. Um, anyway, um, it says here that even the lines of attack by those involved in the ad were painfully predictable, accusing black women of aggression when expressing any emotion other than placidity is a tale as old as time. The angry black woman trope has been wielded for years to tone police or entirely silence. When the creative team members were held to, ac- um, to account on social media, they deleted their tweets, blocked those dissenting on our behalf or made their accounts private. Suddenly it was them who were the victims. The irony of having spent the best part of a year discussing the hurdles black women face in Britain, including on the BBC as Radio 4's Book of the Week and BBC Breakfast, is not lost on me. As faux diversity dominates, I have no doubt this will be one of many experiences like it, where in a bid to appear progressive, companies are the very opposite. And I totally agree. And I'm going to talk about that shortly when I get to um, straw of the week. I totally agree that it's so difficult how we navigate working with these corporations because you'll be working with one department. They seem all right. Everyone's a little bit mad, but you seem all right. You can deal with it. Meanwhile, another department is completely disrespecting your entire fucking life and stealing from you. Like, how do you navigate this? How do you get the exposure and the visibility and a platform that you deserve when at every turn there's someone who's looking to be underhanded and to steal your shit? It's really, really mad. And like I said, Yomi and Elizabeth, we support you. Like, continue to slay in your lanes. Like, we appreciate you. Keep doing the ting. I'm I'm disgusted. I'm truly, truly disgusted by the behavior of BBC Sport. Absolutely nasty, nasty behavior. So moving on from that, um, from what happened to Yomi and Elizabeth, we're moving on to more white nonsense. We're going to go to um, a school in Cornwall. So um, a school in Cornwall have been alerted to the fact that I'm going to bring it up for you. Ashley is an 11 year old boy um, who his parents moved to Cornwall from Liverpool and his fellow pupils at his school in Cornwall have been calling him a black idiot, a slave and the N word. The school seems to um, not see how that is a major problem. Instead, they're saying that, oh, well, you know, you just have to work on how you respond to racism. And again, this is my problem and it tires me the fuck out How nobody addresses the racist It's everybody else that needs to shift their behaviour And their reactions to suit the racist and to appease the racist Let me tell you now, yeah If any of you man decide to chat crud about my child I will come to the school Like any of your child move mad to my child I'll come to the school and I'll be like Hey Tommy, where's your mum? Where's your sister? Where's your auntie? In fact, where's your dad? Anyone Because I'm going to rock their jaw, Tommy That's what I'm going to do I'm going to rock your parents' fucking jaw Find me your guardian I'm going to rock their jaw Because allegedly I can't beat up a six-year-old So find me somebody that I can beat up Because um, Crystal and Kid, uh, Kid Fury were talking about it earlier Well, in the Last week's episode of The Read About um, a, a woman, a black woman Who went to her school Because um, her child was getting bullied um, Or something I don't think that was racial But the child was getting bullied anyway And basically the woman went to the school And she was just like I just want Hook me up with your sister Your aunt, your mum, anyone Because that's who I want to be discussing this with In other words, I'm ready to fight 
I'm ready to fight because they're clearly the ones who taught you this behavior. So my beef is not with you useless children and how you're behaving. I want to go to the source. That's who I want to speak to. Those are the ones that I'm concerned with. Everything else that's happening, I don't have any business with. And that's how I see it. And I just feel bad that the school are telling the parents like, yeah, well, you know, (laughs) children will be children. Black slave, black idiot, slave. Where are they learning that from? And also it goes, it's it's rather telling of the limited nature of the um, curriculum and the history that's taught in this country. Why don't you teach them about who taught you how to have toilets and how to brush your teeth? Because it wasn't the Romans. The Romans went and learned from somewhere. Who did they learn from? Did they not learn it from these black idiots that you're talking about? Mm Hmm. Bronze statues, gold, all of these things Craftsmanship, where did they learn that from? Astronomy, astrology, where did they learn that from? Hmm, the black idiots, right? So you're not teaching accurate history You're not teaching truthful history And that's why these little dickheads are are walking around Thinking that they can speak to a black boy in any such way And it will not stand, it will absolutely not stand I will come to the school and I will rock the jaw of somebody Find me someone to spin their jaw like a DJ like, you know, like a DJ turntable That's what I'm here to do So um, it says here An 11-year-old boy has spoken bravely Of the hurt of um, racist abuse In the playground from primary school pupils Primary school Ashley Davies is of mixed race ethnicity Mixed race ethnicity uh, I'm not going to go into it And goes to a primary school in West Cornwall Which um, they've chosen not to identify Fine, but I hope we find a school Yet instead of enjoying his last year of primary education Ashley has been the subject of hateful comments from other children Including names such as black idiot, slave and the n-word He joined the school in September After the family moved from back to Cornwall from Liverpool To enjoy a life beside the sea He said, it just makes me feel kind of sad Because I'm just trying to make friends I've had loads of comments from people who don't want me here He added about going to school When I wake up in the morning It's like a burden But it shouldn't be a chore really It should just be going to school But every morning before going to school I feel nervous about what's going to happen there Imagine Imagine a little 11 year old boy Is having to feel nervous And and feel He said burden He's burdened by this And this is the reality of racism All of you people that that love to say I I don't see colour I don't see colour I just love everyone And I don't think that racism Is a bigger problem as we make it Yes, it's a fucking burden From the moment we are able to be Cognitive enough Or cognizant enough To see what's happening around us It becomes a massive burden And then we have to become Hyper vigilant And this is what he's facing now Who wants an 11 year old boy To live like that Meanwhile your children Are still having Their childhoods of daisies and roses But he's now being denied that How is that fair? How is that okay? It's all fucking mad And like I said I don't care whether it's the right way or the wrong way I'm going to punch somebody's eyeballs If that were my child as far as I'm concerned Because if the school's telling him Oh well he should be you know More um, more aware of how to deal with these things No it's not his responsibility You as a school when you're meant to be safeguarding children It's your responsibility to make sure that he's not being bullied And treated in that way That's what's down to you But that's white people's generic response to most things White people and coons That's their response to everything Oh, it's about how you're dealing with it There is always going to exist You've got to be the bigger person I'm not being any bigger 
person. I'm not being any bigger person. If you go low, I'll go motherfucking lower. We're going to, it's going to be petty limbo up in this bitch. Yeah. That's what we're going to do. I will lie down on the floor. In fact, I will go sub zero. I'll go underground. I'll do what I need to do. But if you go low, I will go even lower. That's it. I know Michelle Obama talked about when they go low, we go high. Sometimes go high. But if I'm going high, it's because I'm lifting my foot to kick you in your eyeball. So I'm really sorry, Ashley, that you've had to experience that. And I hope his parents are more equipped when you are in an interracial relationship or whatever. And um, you just have children with that much of a proximity to blackness that you know you're, you're equipped with the tools to help them throughout this journey because people are mad and they pass the madness on to their children, clearly. So moving on to that, from that to more trivial news, I wanted to talk briefly about Bow Wow. So Bow Wow posted on Insta stories um, the other day. He said, Lil Bow Wow, in case you don't know who Lil Bow Wow is, go and look it up because I don't have time to get you up to the culture. He says, you ever notice how the IG models, Instagram models, take more vacays, vacations than the average? Like you got no car, no home, but in Dubai this week and Turks next week. Who be paying for this shit? And they never show the niggas they on vacay with trying to make it look like it's, the, it's all the girls. Stop it. Plane tickets are 2K and up, plus food, plus hotel. We know y'all not paying for this shit. Hell, you asked me to pay for an Uber to get you home. So I know you're not busting $15,000 on no trip. Hashtag girls got it good. This is why I'm always fearful of short men. Shad Moss, aka Lil Bow Wow. Is the oxygen down there limited for you? In, you know, with your, where you are in your height Is the oxygen limited there? Because this behavior is uncalled for What is your own? My mama's always said Don't take paracetamol for somebody else's headache What is your own, you short devil? What is your own there? If they want to go to trips to trips to Dubai And they don't have a home They don't have a car But somebody wanted to fly them out What is your own? Ah, uh, mind your business But is it because they're not flying you out? Baby boy, there's height restrictions Sorry Sorry, this this ride, this this getting flued out life ride is too high for you. Yeah, there's high restrictions to enjoying that sort of life. And it just wasn't, you just weren't called for it. And you have a cheat to be talking about how people are presenting themselves on social media where you basically try to pretend that you were flying on a private jet or you own a private jet. Like the, the internet hasn't forgotten. So please behave yourself. And I just, I really get annoyed when men come out to start berating women about using this society to the best of their benefits. IG model, apparently, yeah? So that means I'm peng, ideally. It means I'm buff. If I'm buff and people want to pay to fly me out to places and live my best life, why should I not? Because you're not buff on my level or because nobody wants to fly you out. Why is it your problem? If you're not the man that's spending the money, then what's your own there? You, you're, you, you paid for Uber Somebody else paid for Dubai Can you not see how you're telling on yourself And making yourself look dumb Instead of you to shut your mouth All you could do was pay for Uber And you're, you're now announcing it on the internet So what should the people that sent me to Dubai what should, they, what should they now say? What should they now proclaim? Mind your business A lot of you like to downplay 
the impact that these Instagram models and whoever else are having, leave them to do their own thing. If it's not your thing, cool, mind your business, mind your business, because we're all existing in a different type of ecosystem. Yeah. And they're doing what works for them and they're using their looks to benefit them. Hell, why shouldn't they? Why shouldn't they? Because these men that they're on the arms of are benefiting from having a trophy as it were on their arms. So if these girls want to benefit and they're safe, leave them to it, face your front. But maybe if you face your front due to your height, all you'd only see is the rim of the table because you can't, your seat at the table, you need a high chair, you fucking idiot. Mind your business. So anyway, that was Shadmos and um, So You Mad. And I think the last one for So You Mad is, it's a difficult one because I really respect this person. Um, it's Lena Waith. Now I haven't met her, like, but like I said, I respect the work that she's doing and everything else. But um, Jason Mitchell is one of the main characters on The Shy, which is a, a, um, a series written and created, I guess, by Lena Waithe, who is a, um, a, a queer woman. And she's doing great things in the industry. Um, I just really struggle with the fact that she'd been alerted to the fact that Jason Mitchell had been sexually harassing um, the co-star, the woman who plays his girlfriend on the show, as well as harassing other women on set. And he'd been known to do this in other situations as well. So much so that a Netflix um, um, movie that he was meant to be in, they dropped him. And I feel like it was only when the Netflix movie dropped him before they started filming and replaced him with another actor that then the shy um, HR team took it seriously And this is why I say HR You all need to pattern the fuck up And sort these things out With expediency So it says here I'm just bringing it up Because it was covered by The Hollywood Reporter um, So basically one of the showrunners So it's the second showrunner that A woman that was brought in That actually drew light to it It says Um after his breakout performance as Eze in Straight Outta Compton and his role in World War II as as a World War II veteran in the critically acclaimed Mudbound, which I watched, Jason Mitchell's career has been flourishing. Lena Waithe, describing Mitchell as the black Tom Hanks, cast the 32-year-old rising star in her Showtime series, The Shy, as Brandon, an aspiring chef who resists being drawn into violence. Then, in late April, Mitchell was fired from the upcoming Netflix movie, Desperados, just before shooting began. In rapid succession, he was terminated by his agent, his manager, and his lawyer. And was dropped from the shy. While Mitchell's termination from Desperados was the impetus that for all that followed, sources claim his conduct has been a problem for at least two actresses on the shy. More than one person on the show, including Tiffany Boone, who played Mitchell's character's girlfriend, Jerrica, and second season showrunner, Ayana Floyd, filed a complaint. Despite HR training, these sources say the alleged conduct persisted. So HR training, so what? They sat him down, made him watch a video. This is how you don't touch women on set without their consent. This is how you don't slap women's bums without their consent. Like what? HR training at your big, big age. As a 32-year-old man, people having to tell you to not make inappropriate comments to women and to not touch them inappropriately. Okay, fine. Anyway, um... It says, despite HR training, these sources say the alleged conduct persisted and Boone asked to be released from the series. Imagine that you've harassed a woman so much who's your co-star that she wants to leave. She doesn't want to do it anymore. She doesn't want to work there and be an actress on the show anymore. She's willing to fuck up her money to just not be around you. Do you know how wild that is? Do you know how extremely wild that is? And... um. 
just catching up here. Anyway, he says, um, father complaint. Um, it says here, despite yeah HR training, Boone asked to re- uh, be released from the series, but Mitchell was to remain for a planned season three. Sources say, despite Waif's activism on the subject of onset onset safety, she says, I've been very involved in time uh, times up. And that movement And for seasons two We're making sure That women feel safe Waif told The Hollywood Reporter In June 2018 If you want to play that game And be disrespectful Or misbehave on set With an actress or anyone I'll happily call Showtime And say this person Has to go And you'll get shot up And it'll be a wonderful finale So why didn't Mitchell's characters Go down in a volley Of unscreened bullets While Waif has not been The showrunner Handling day-to-day duties She has credits As creator, producer And sometime writer a source close to Wave says she was made aware of Mitchell's alleged harassment only after the first season wrapped. The Shire's season one showrunner, Elwood Reed, declined to comment, but a source close to him says he was unaware of conduct issues. Boone did not make a full make a complaint until after work had wrapped. And this is reality for a lot of actresses, not even just black actresses, but actresses across the board. Men move mad on set. Extremely mad Whether producers Whether fellow actors Whatever They move mad on set But women are so conditioned To not rock the boat And to be nice And likeable all the time That she basically waited For the season to end Before she was just like Oh hey guys Yeah I'm having some issues With my co-star He keeps trying to touch me He keeps doing this He keeps doing that So she's told you Because she didn't want to Create a fuss While everyone was filming And this is women Being killed Because they're focused On not creating a fuss Me I'll create a fuss So I'll create a fuss And start jumping up and down Because it's unfair It's really really unfair Anyway Um they said that they had concern about his onset conduct And it was among the reasons that Waif, Lena Waif pushed for a woman of colour Floyd as showrunner for the second season Still, this person initially stated that Waif did not know the alleged conduct had continued Okay In a statement to The Hollywood Reporter, Floyd directly challenges Waif When I took the helm in season two, it was Lena who informed me of the issues between Jason Mitchell and Tiffany Boone from season one And that Tiffany was thinking of leaving the show because of it, says Floyd As a result of this information, I discussed Tiffany's claims with the studio's HR department And set up HR presentations for the writers, cast and crew Ultimately, everyone was well aware of Jason's behaviour and his multiple HR cases Including Lena, the creator and an executive producer of the show Who um, is very involved in the studio And at, um, at the studio and at a network level So Then it says here um, Waif says um, When she was asked about it She said um, No, first um, the showrunner Ayana Floyd said, as showrunner, I did everything I could to deal with his behavior by speaking with the studio's HR department multiple times and instructing one actress to call her um, call HR herself before I became a target of his rage and inappropriateness and had to report him to HR as well. So even the showrunner, the person that's like really at the, the, the really taking the reins and really de- dealing with how this show runs, even she became a target of his mad misogynistic behavior. And even she then had to go to HR and say, hold up, he's been wild to me as well And still nothing was done And he would have continued to have a season three Had Netflix not dropped him for that that Desperados movie And I just worry about Because 
you know, I read things and people talk about, oh, well, you know, it's queer black women doing all of the work, which I agree. And I've said that on the show before, but somebody like Lena Waithe, who's really up there standing on this platform of queer black women and all these opportunities are coming to her. She has a duty, therefore, to make sure that the other women around her, especially the black women around her, are kept safe. But it looked like she was more concerned about the ratings, the film ratings um, or the series ratings than the safety of the women that this guy was like... um, harassing and abusing on set and that makes me really really angry and sometimes I just think that people are so involved in labels and they don't think about you know they're involved in labels and the titles that they give themselves and not actually the reality and the responsibility that comes with said labels and they're therefore the people that you should be looking out for like I said huge respect for all the things that Lena Waif has done and all the things that she's achieved but the way that that was handled it's just a bit nasty to me And wishing Tiffany Boone All the best in her career Like you'll never ever work with her again Because she, you know She brought light to all of this That sounds a bit loaded to me Maybe I read it the wrong way But I just didn't like that at all So things like that need to change Like I shouldn't be at risk of never working again Because I called out a guy Who was being very, very violent towards me I think I read somewhere that people said Her um, fiancé or her partner had to come and wait for her on set and be on set to make sure she was okay because that's how mad this guy was moving. That's wrong. And after you knew from season one, he you should he shouldn't have even made it to season two. You could have written it in a way that we didn't even have to see him in season two, but you continued to let him do season two and he was even going to do season three. No, 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 no. Wild behavior. So that's it for So You Mad. That was a long R section. I'm going to keep straw of the week, aka suck your mom, nice and brief. So like I said to you earlier, I went to see um, a play with um, Diana So on our way back from the play at Stratford We were on the Jubilee line and Diane Abbott was sitting opposite us So we're minding our business now You know, chatting and then a white couple goes to sit next to Diane Abbott A man and a woman, white man, white woman goes to sit next to Diane Abbott The man instantly starts pointing at Diane Abbott if you don't know who Diane Abbott is, she's um, an MP. Go and read up on her. She's one of she's the first black female MP. Um, anyway, so Diane Abbott is there minding her business. This white man taps her and goes, "Are you Diane Abbott?" I could I saw a flash of fear in her eyes because she must get approached like this so often. And you don't know whether you're going to be accosted in a negative way or whatever. So she was just, she just shook her head and she was like, no. And I started laughing because I just thought to myself, that's what I'd be like. If you ask me, are you Kelechi? I'd say, I'd just say no. And I'm not even on Diane's level. But I'd just say no because leave me alone. I don't want to chat. Go away. So she says no. And this white guy proceeds to take a photo of her on his phone. And he tells the white woman who's sitting directly next to Diane to pose as they take this photo. And he then went on and I could see him on his phone sending it to his mates. So I waited for Diane Abbott to get off the um, the tube. Diana, my friend Diana and I were talking about it. And I just thought to myself, this is absolutely mad that white people have such a disregard for black people's space and their things and their personhood. Like we've seen with Yomi and Elizabeth for the Slaying Your Lane slogan. You have such a disregard for their life and and. And, and their humanity That you just think it's okay to do what you want And again, the same way Yomi and Elizabeth got asked What's race got to do with it? You might not see how race has got anything to do with it Because you've been conditioned to believe that everything you're doing You're just doing because Just because You're not doing it just because You're doing it because you've broken down The societal status of this person that you're dealing with And thinking that, oh, it's okay for me to do it to this person So when Diane Abbott got off 
the tube that's when I launched into these guys because the woman kept looking at me and Diana saying oh um I think they're talking about us and Diana turned to her and she was like yeah we we're not hiding that we're talking about you we're very much talking about you and I looked to them and I said yeah we are we are talking about you because you're wild and you're mad Diane was on the train minding her business trying to head home you asked her if she's Diane Abbott she gets approached like that often people give her such vitriol in this country that she needs to think of her safety she's traveling alone at 11 p.m at night she doesn't want to uh, tell you that it's her and you clearly know that it's her leave her alone she just wants to be left alone but then you invaded her person's her, her space and you took a picture of her. I swear taking pictures of people in public is illegal without their consent. So you're taking pictures of her on the tube after what happened to her with the, um, drinking her mocktail or her cocktail, her MS cocktail or whatever, her mojito. You now want to give her extra stress when she's just minding her business. And I said to the guy, look, anyway, me, I've taken a picture of you and your partner, you and this girl. I've taken a picture of you both. So if I see that picture of Diane Abbott on the internet or anywhere, I will post your picture to my forty-seven and my forty-five thousand followers on Twitter. I will post your picture too. He was like, "Oh." I was like, yeah, he's like, oh, I, I do kind of see it from your point now. Meanwhile, the woman was like getting in her feelings and she was mad upset. Like Courtney said, them white tears, I could see them just bubbling on the surface. She was ready to start boiling her eyes out because I was being so mean and she couldn't see why what they'd done is wrong. Meanwhile, he was at least trying to get where I was coming from. And I was like, either way, I've got a picture of you both. So if I see a picture of Diane Abbott and I know that it's the same tube, right? I too will put your picture up And I'll tell everyone That you took a picture of her Without her consent So that's just how This is going to roll As tacky as it is I don't want to be Throwing my followers In people's My follow account In people's faces But sometimes I just need To let you know The rascal art levels And just let you know That if you move mad I can move madder Especially when it's To protect another black woman That is what I'm going to do Today And I'm getting off the tube now The white guy goes um, so can I follow you on socials? And I just thought, you see, see how men are mad? Can you see how they're mad? Of all the things that I've said, all you thought is, wow, I want to follow too. I said, you don't want to follow me because I'll cuss you out. And I got off the tube. But when we see black, and um, when we see people moving mad towards black women, it is our duty to at least try to do something to deal with the situation. Obviously, don't go and put yourself in danger. And, you know, I was very, very careful about how I, you know, navigated that situation. Um, because at the same time, I've got to take into account that being pregnant, all of these things, you know, they matter, but they needed to be told about themselves. Cause I just thought the, the behavior was disgusting that they just couldn't respect Diane enough to leave her alone. She's a politician. Cool. She's a human. She's a black woman. Respect all of these things too. stop fucking doing that to people. It's mad annoying. So going from protecting one black woman. Um, so you basically, my straw of the week, one of my straws, two of my straws of the week goes out to that white couple. They can go and suck their mums because they don't want to respect um, a black woman's space and leave her to do her thing. My second straw of the week goes from me um, protecting one black woman and caring about her safety to cussing out another black woman. So there's this black uh, feminist called um, Shardine, I think her name is. Um, she's been known to just move mad. Generally, she likes to attack um, young um, young feminists or yeah, um, young queer people 
doing their thing. She likes to just say things that she doesn't know much about. Anyway, it was brought to my attention that she um, had a problem with my Uber campaign. And I've actually spoken to you all about the Uber campaign and the conflict that I felt in even doing it in the first place. So her issue was, oh, well, why is she talking about Olive Morris um, on an Uber campaign? They're a corporation. Um, I need to even bring up the tweet specifically because the irony of it the irony of it is extremely mad. So you're concerned about me doing an Uber campaign. Meanwhile, you two, you're benefiting in your own way, doing the things that you're doing. She basically said that, oh, um, she had a problem with me doing the Uber campaign and mentioning Olive Morris because Olive Morris is a Marxist and would have never been okay with that. She wrote, people making ads with Uber and take talking about Olive Morris at the same time are the reason black feminist praxis has gone to shit in the UK. There's no way Olive would be associating herself with these companies. No way. I'll be talking about this in my talk at Oxford tomorrow, Oxford University, um, but also currently writing a book proposal on the issue. Enough is enough. And as much as I, it saddens me to have to publicly critique black women in print, I will have to. It's reached a point of satire. First of all, Shardine, wherever your mum is, go and suck her dry. Suck your mum dry, you dickhead. Yeah? You're going to go and do a talk at Oxford University. These Oxford universities and all these universities, Oxbridge universities that will be inviting you black activists to come and talk, but they don't change. They don't change. They've been there for centuries. They, they have not changed. And you'll go and you'll do your talk and it'll make you feel like you're learned because you've gotten the validation of this institution, this historical institution that is built on the backs of the enslaved because the money that would have funded all of these universities that you love so much that have this much prestige was money from slavery. So you're receiving money. I'm sure you're going to be paid for that. You're receiving money from doing that at Oxford university, but you want to talk to me about Uber. You're supporting and going to use the platform of an institutionally racist organization, but you want to talk to me about Uber. The fact of the matter is a lot of these girls will not have heard about Olive Morris and the wonderful things that she's done for black feminism in the UK had it not been for me drawing attention to it. So the thing is, you don't have a problem with what I said because what I said was motherfucking accurate. You have a problem with the fact that I mentioned her in, um, in lieu or, you know, in, um, in affiliation with Uber, any platform that's given to me, should I deem it fit, I will talk about black women. I will use the platform and talk about black women. Hashtag rob this England forever and a day. I will do what I need to do to get my bills paid and to make sure that at the same time I'm celebrating black women, which is what I did. You have a problem with the fact that you don't have the platform that I have. And then to then turn around and go, I'll include this in my book proposal. Do you know how thunder will fire you? Do you know how you will have con persistent diarrhea until the day you fucking die? If I see my name in any of you lot's pussy clerk proposals, because all of you man want to holler at me involve me in your book proposals put my name here put my name there but you don't want to give me the props that I am the best to ever fucking do it when it comes to the UK and speaking about all of these things that I'm speaking about in this day and age the way that I've utilized social media none of you girls could ever and will have never and will never do what I've done the impact that I've had on my culture and my community immediately having a pole dance studio being an outspoken articulate black woman and doing all of the things that I'm doing and bringing all these other women in that wouldn't otherwise have known that they too have a say and a stake in the way that we live our lives in this society. You man have not done a single thing of that, but you want to sit there 
talking about, I'm going to write a book proposal. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Thunder will strike the fuck out of your pussy if I see my name in any of your book proposals without my consent. Let me tell you that from now. Because whether you like it or not, I'm going to use every avenue that I'm given to first speak of the righteousness of the Lord that I serve and also for the black women that deserve to be praised for the work that they're doing. The fact is, let me just hip you to the skip. Olive Morris is dead. Yeah, she's dead. Right? So you cannot say what Olive Morris would and would not do in this day and age. Yeah? So mind your rascal business. If someone's telling me, oh, we want to talk about blue plaques and we want to talk about, you know, um, women who have impacted the society and the fact that they're not on these blue plaques around London, you know who I feel deserves one? I feel like Olive Morris deserves one. She doesn't just deserve Olive Morris house in Brixton. She deserves all of the things because she's been doing bits and she's been doing bobs. And that's literally all there is to it. But until you are not getting paid by another institution that utilizes and and utilizes the oppression of black and brown bodies, like Oxford University that you're going to Don't ever let my name fall out of your mum Don't ever let my name fall out of your mouth Not even out of your mum Because my name I don't know why it will be your mum's pussy in the first place But all of you girls need to like I, I, I cussed her within an inch of her life Like I cussed her And she was just like Oh well um, You know You still haven't addressed my point Because rather than saying What about you I will say what about you Because it says in the bible He without sin should cast the first stone So while you're still going to Oxford You need to shut your stupid fucking lips About what other black women are doing And I'm tired of some of you black feminists That want to jump up in a place And be talking about Oh well You know Kimberly Crenshaw And Angela Davis And all of them people sh- Shut the fuck up what are you doing stop talking stop burying your head in phds stop burying your head in all of the things that um, and and acting like you're doing bits because i know that some of you genuinely are but you're doing things what in your lane i'm doing things in my lane there are people that i'm going to be able to reach that you could never fucking reach because i've got the personality the charisma the baby girlism the ben's ponani ism to be able to do so you do not so let's all cut our cloth according to our size yeah I'm using the cloth, cloth that I've been given and I'm strutting with it. You do not have the same cloth. Yours is tattered. Mind your business. Yeah. Yours is straggly. Mind your business. Yeah. Focus on that. And things like that vex me because I just thought, how dare you? You're even using it to pluck a, a, a book proposal at the same time. This is too much. I'm a trade unionist. I'm a socialist. And I'm a da, 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 da. You're all of these things, but you're still operating within a capitalist structure. You absolute pussy class. So shut your fucking mouth and leave me. To do what I'm doing As far as I'm concerned That's all there is to it I've had messages from people like Oh but you know We should be able to meet And talk about these things And I saw such and such at, um, A black feminist meetup, And you know I was told that all the mess That was you know That was talked about And da 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 You lot go to your black feminist meetups And claim that you're doing it For the evolu- evolution of your methodology And whatever the fuck else But you just go there to go and gossip You just go and gossip And feel bitter About the work that other people are doing That don't match up to the way That you think the work should be done I leave all of you to worship Beyonce and be like, oh, but she's a feminist because she's doing this, she's doing that. But then the average black woman that's up your road, that's in your ends, that's doing things her way, that doesn't, you know, that that doesn't fit in the paradigms of how you want um, black feminism or feminism to be done. I'll do what the fuck I like. And I, I need you all to understand that. I'll do whatever the fuck I like. If my feminism dictates that I will have a pole dance studio and I'll be twerking and I'll be saying, suck your mom here, suck your mom there. I will continue to do all of the things because the God I serve said, go true, baby girl, 
go through my G And that is what I'm doing So Shardine can suck her mother Wherever her mother might be This is a dickhead That ascribes or subscribes to um, political blackness So you're not considering the fact that um, Black feminism is going to shit in the UK Because of political blackness And you man are diluting our struggles With the struggles of um, brown people on top of that Who are actually extremely anti-black um, and they will take funding They'll take this They'll take that Meanwhile Never acknowledging The work that black women Have put in And then you're out there Sticking your head in their palm you're, And, and you're, you're too lost In the source To consider that That might be a problem You're not considering The fact that What might be a problem Is the fact that Black feminism Isn't talked about enough Within the school curriculum In the UK The fact that we're told About the suffragettes But we're not talk about, told About the things That black women have done To actually help All of the things That we see happening In, an us, um, in our society today that's not the reason it's going to shit It's because Kalechi did an Uber ad Can you see how you're fucking mad? Can you see how the nutrients that you were meant to have been given All throughout your life have evaded you and have eluded you? Can you not see that? This girl, like I said, is known to do this constantly And some might say, oh, but don't mention her on the pod Because you're giving her a platform She's only got a measly 5,000 followers Like you're helping her No, no, I'm not helping her Let me just let you know now, yeah Every tongue that rises against me shall fall I don't say that lightly I say that with the backing of all of my ancestors And all my spiritual energies That abide and, and surround me at all times Try me bitch And you will burn for it Mind your business I'm going to continue doing what I'm doing And none of you can tell me any different You can write every thesis You want to write about it I'm a Benz Ponani baby girl I'm a Benz Ponani womanist I'm going to do the things that I want to do Who would have ever believed That Bell Hooks would be friends with Emma Watson But hey, here you have it If Bell Hooks had died You would have said something different there as well Because people are dead You can now start to impose upon them How you think that they would have lived their life Let me tell you I think it was... um. Suhir Hamad Who says that there is a violence Inflicted on the worshipper As well as the worshipped Yeah And that's what some of you are doing You've basically gone into a cult type um, position Where you are worshipping Um these um, women who have come before us And who have done wonderful work I do not deny it at all And they've helped shape How we are able to navigate this society But you're unwilling to move forward and think of the ways that why, where, how, where you're living now, the life that you're living now is different to the life that they were living then. And how do you use the same theory and adapt it to where you're currently living? You don't want to adapt anything. You still want to believe in this dystopia that's still going to happen. And you do that, but don't do it on my, don't do it off my name. And I told a bitch that if you want to put my name in your book proposal, try and wait till next year because my name will be worth more by then. Boop, boop. Because I know my shit. And that's what a lot of you girls need to understand. I know my shit. Yeah. In the trajectory or the, 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 you know, the, the, the landscape of podcasts that are out there, none of you could do what I fucking do. Yeah. And how I do it. Yeah. We all do what we do in the lanes that we do it in. Yeah. I'm slaying in my lane of speaking my truth and speaking it with my entire chest and I'll continue to do so. And that is my, how I practice my black feminism. If you don't like it, suck. Your mother dry Suck your mother Till she's just bones Do that But don't ever try And come for me Because that's that's the last thing That's the last thing You'll ever do I'll let you know that From now First I'm sorry Last and definitely least Because he's a useless individual John Cleese John Cleese is an old time actor Who used to do Monty Python And Forty Towers He wrote a tweet um, The other day Well yesterday No the other day Let's call it the other day he said basically that he is of the opinion that 
um, London is no longer English And he's spoken with his other friends abroad And they also agree that London is no longer English She says, some years ago I um, I, opin- um, I opined that um, London was not really an English city anymore Since then, virtually all my friends from abroad Have confirmed my observation So there must be some truth in it I note also that London was the UK city That voted most strongly to remain in the EU I just let him know that he is a um, I just said to him You said it like a true xenophobic pussy club As far as I'm concerned Because all these dog whistle terminologies That you lot like to use London is not really an English city anymore Of course it's fucking not And it doesn't deserve to be it, Because all the work that all of these other people are, All these other ethnicities have put in To make the UK what it is To make London what it is Of course it should be mixed You man went to other people's countries You took their things And you thought that they wouldn't follow their treasure Are you mad? Of course they'll follow their treasure To where you took it to And they will thrive there And that's what we've been doing London wouldn't be one of the best cities in the world If it did not have the range of ethnicities that are here And people love to throw around the world Multicultural, multicultural London, the UK is not multicultural It's multi-ethnic But it's not multicultural There's only one culture And that is the dominant culture That we all have to abide by That is it Yeah We're not out here doing national holidays for Diwali We're not out here doing national holidays for Eid We're not So it's not multicultural It's multi-ethnic Yeah Get it right Just be aware of that But to say that when you plan to go and live in I think it's St. Nevis that he wants to go and live in You plan to live in the Caribbean So you are going to go and live in a former former colony And do all the things that you're doing But you're complaining about the state of um, the um, the UK And the state of London You're taking yourself You're going to go and impose yourself on other people But you're talking about the state of London It's just the arrogance of whiteness That blows my mind sometimes I was on LBC um, um, by the time you listen to so today's Thursday, I was on LBC this morning talking to Nick Fiat Punto, Nick Fiat Five Hundred, Nick, um, Nick Skoda about the tweet, and obviously Nick Ferrari is an absolute idiot. He's an absolute idiot. But just like the Ferrari in the F1, they're struggling because their engine namek it, and that's why they're struggling right now with Vettel and them man there, and that's why he's struggling in this conversation about being progressive and moving forward. I honestly think that London should be separate from the rest of the UK because the rest of you lot like to move mad And we're not with it John Cleese went on to say that Oh, but London used to be so polite And so this and so that So polite where? With its insidious racism So polite where? Where? So what? It's now not polite Because all of these black and brown savages are here You know, Some of you don't even know how your How glaringly obvious your racism in, um, is And how disgusting it is to witness Like it's absolutely mad And I told Nick um, Ferrari A.K.A. Nick Fiat 500 I told him Nick Fiat Punto I told him about himself And I said As far as I'm concerned You can't talk about England Being um, Or London not being English anymore Or even if the UK The entire UK Was no longer English anymore You can't talk about Any of that to me From when you went and colonised Pretty much most of the world Yeah those people that you went and colonized will follow you to where you've gone home. Yeah, I'll follow you to your own home because you felt comfortable to come to mine. So me too, I'll come to yours. Because especially since you took all my belongings, me too, I'll follow you to, to yours to come and see where my belongings are. It's really, really that simple. So you would not have had your industrial revolution had it not been for the slave trade or colonization and you know the empire generally. You would not have had your industrial revolution. So you've got us to thank. You would not have had the NHS had it not been for the Windrush generation. Coming to help you You would have not have had London Underground 
Underground Had it not been from the Windrush generation Coming to help you build the London Underground You would not have had enough bodies To win World War II Had the Asian people not come and gotten involved And the black people not coming and gotten involved and, And all of the other Europeans That came to come and help support you that now you're saying, no, I don't want them in Eastern Europeans in my country. So many people came to come and help you be the place that you are, that you're fucking ungrateful and you're a little bitch for talking about, oh, London isn't really English anymore. Damn right it isn't because without us, it would be nothing. Yeah. So if all you're going to thrive off is, oh, Englishness, 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 understand that Englishness would be nothing without all the other people, the, the, the subjects of the empire who helped you uphold your Englishness. Yeah. Don't ever get it twisted. Learn your history correctly because otherwise I'll be there to correct you. So John Cleese can suck his mum on a 40 tower and I hope they all fall to their deaths. That's all I have to say about that. So that is the end of this week's episode. Like I said, I'll give you a link to um, Amma Poetica and um, Courtney's um, poetry, her spoken word. And that's pretty much it. I've got a big announcement soon, but I'm just trying to finalize some bits. It's nothing to do with like, you know, acting or anything like that. It's just a personal project that um, will really change like the trajectory of my life, but it's what I, I feel called to do next. So I'll be sharing that with you, hopefully in the next episode. Um, until then, I hope that um, I hope that you all look after yourselves. Like I said, hug yourselves tight. The tarot message for this week was strong and I hope that you all take it in and really, really um, internalize that you're beautiful and you're loved and you are worthy of love. And um, that's pretty much it. Yeah, um, I have been Kelechi Okafor and this has been SYM, officially known as Say Your Mind, unofficially known as what, what? That's right, suck your mom. Hashtag Say Your Mind pod or at Say Your Mind pod or at Kelechnikov, holler at man. Yeah, anyway, look after yourselves and keep it cute. Peace. It's the Ben's Brunani woman is Baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this Keep it sit down, sit down, receive this realness Make sure your cup's ready for the tea, we are go sip it, yo Hard time scrolling for your long truths You might learn something you never know Collect you find, and she's one of a kind Don't say you mind, say you mind